Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Jules Shepard here on the Gluten-Free Voice. And I'm excited to continue our conversation on gluten-free beers. It's an ever-popular conversation, and it's gotten a lot of press recently because there have been some new beers coming onto the market. Thankfully, we have more choices now. And two weeks ago, I had the representative from Estrella Dam on talking about his Dara beer, which is a deglutenized barley beer from Spain. It was a really interesting conversation given recent research on the deglutenization of barley beers and whether that's effective or not. So what I've done tonight is invited two folks on to talk about gluten-free beers that are imported into the United States or are actually manufactured here that do not um, and never did contain gluten. So these beers are not deglutenized. They are gluten-free, pure and simple. And I think it offers a really nice counterpoint so that people can compare and make decisions for themselves. These beers are also very different. So just like anything else, it's nice to have options and change, um, you know, for different times of, of the year or different recipes you might be using or just, you know, suited to your taste. So without further ado, I would like to introduce my two guests this evening. I have Craig Hardinger on, Marketing Director from Merchant Duvin, Importers of International Beers. And three of those beers are the Greens Beer Lines, which are actually gluten-free beers. So thank you, Craig, for being on tonight. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And I also have Pedro Gonzalez from um, New Planet Beer. He's the general manager and founder of New Planet Beer out of Boulder, Colorado, a domestic microbrew with currently three beers that are offered that are all gluten-free. Thank you for joining us, Mr. Gonzalez. Oh, thank you, Jules. Appreciate it. Well, and I'd like to actually start with you, if you don't mind. I, you know, Could you give us a little background? Your Your website is really, really very interesting. It's got recipes and all kinds of interesting stuff on there. Um, but I was fascinated about your story, and I would love it if you could share your story with um, the listeners about how you got involved in making um, gluten-free beer. How did you get into the business? Well, um, actually, I was diagnosed with uh, celiac in 2008. Um, and actually, I've been, I was sick for many years prior to that, but finally I got a diagnosis. So that day was definitely sort of bittersweet. It was so, so great to finally find out what was going on with me. But at the same time, I realized that the task was, was tough at hand because, as you know, everything contains gluten. And uh, those that, um, like myself, that you know, can't have uh, gluten products, uh, they're always having to, to police um, um, their foods and their beverages. So it's really, it's really, as you know, an interesting experience. So I started to heal, and then two years later, um, I uh, went to a party with a friend of mine, and I said, you know, he said he's also gluten free, and he says, what do you miss the most about being gluten free? And I said, you know, 
honestly, a great beer and some pizza. And he goes, well, I got beer for you that's gluten-free. And I go, I'd be darned. Are you kidding me? And so they turned me on to Amhauser-Busch's product, and I, and I drank it. And, uh, and I, I was very thrilled to have a gluten-free um, uh, product. So uh, it, was, it was great. And then as, as I, I went back home, I realized, you know, I really don't want to make compromises. I want to I wanna have a variety of beers. Um, that uh, that sort of meet my my taste and then my friend's taste that were gluten free. So that's sort of the beginning of it, and um, from there it actually went to um, a friend of mine as uh, a retired master brewer. He worked for um, a, a large um, uh, uh, brew pub operation. Um, and and he retired and, and he said I'll make you some gluten free beer and as you everybody well, that's knows I'm handy. sure I'm sure <laughs> Craig knows this too it's kind of difficult to make gluten free beer good gluten free beer so <laughs> mm-hmm. you know it took a while um, and he started getting humble pretty quickly because the supply chain is what we need to work on in the United States um, the supply chain in the United States as you know is very limited and we're doing the best we can with what we have with American products. Um, American ingredients. Um, And so, anyway, the the story goes that uh, for my wife's 40th birthday, we decided to um, go ahead and and have a big party and and then introduce uh, our beer to all our friends and family, and they were just thrilled with it. They just loved it. And the the feedback was, hey, you should make a commercial um, uh, venture with this. This is very good product. And and so we, so we did. did he we, make we that just kind of for you? Was that a, a hobby? You know, I'm just going to make this for you, my friend, so that you can enjoy this? It wasn't. It didn't start out to be a commercial endeavor? Uh, well, initially it was for us to... Yeah enjoy it and then we saw the commercial potential immediately because um we saw what was out there and we thought that there was a lot of lacking of sort of the craft taste you know we hmm. we uh the the belgian beer um that craig represents was already there uh we had i'm hazard bush with their products and uh, some american laggers but we didn't have the ales we didn't have the blonde ales and the raspberry ales and the pale ales and the amber ales and we said you know there's an opportunity here, and, and there's a great, uh, uh, in my opinion, a great market um, for the gluten-free consumer to take advantage of our products. So that's kind of how it began. And then after that, of course, uh, it was, you know, sort of uh, became a business in earnest, and, and we began our, our uh, process of growing the brand. And we started in Colorado. Uh, I started delivering the beer from the back of my truck. I opened up the first 20 accounts. Uh, I delivered to them. My wife t- took care of the books, and we just started, you know, like a mom and pop operation. But it grew very rapidly. So we went with uh, professional distribution within six months, and and the rest, as you know from looking at the website, is is history, so to speak, because we've grown really fast. We've grown to about 29 states as of today. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, I think um, you said you got started really brewing in earnest in 2009, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think I first tasted um, your Tread Lightly two years ago at the Denver Gluten-Free Food Fair, and my table for Jules Gluten-Free was lucky enough to be across from the beer guys, the New Planet beer guys. It was a very popular corner, <laughs> I can tell you. But <laughs> I did finally get to taste it, and I was very excited because you were fairly new at the time. And 
didn't have the distribution that you have now. So I didn't really have any uh, way of, of tasting it otherwise. So I was excited to have gotten to taste it at the food fair. And then I actually met your wife, Seneca, last year in Boulder. We met up when I was there, and I got to try your other beers, that 3R raspberry that you have in the office pale ale. So you have three very different beers that you've brought to the table and as you said sort of filling I guess a niche that you felt had not been there uh, had not been represented in the, the craft ale department for gluten free and they're they're pretty neat. Very different. Each one is very very different from the others and I'm, I've read some of the testimonials on your site too people are really attached to one or the other of your beers and I think that's probably been really fun for you. Yeah, absolutely. We, um, you know, we've uh, just very thrilled with uh, the feedback we're getting. It really sort of energizes us, as you know, mm-hmm. uh, when you're when you're in the trees and you're working really hard, and sometimes things don't go your way that day, and then you get uh, a nice post on Facebook letting you know that a, you know a, a consumer really loves the beer. It just uh, brings a smile to everyone's faces. It sure does. I know exactly what you mean, and and that does really keep you going late at night when you're working hard and knowing that you're helping people is a great feeling. But um, you alluded to the fact that, you know, in America here we've got a little bit of a supply chain issue in terms of, you know, really getting good gluten-free ingredients to make the gluten-free beers. And, and it's interesting stepping back from it a little bit and seeing where we are in America with gluten-free beers um, you know, we really are kind of almost like everything else in the gluten-free marketplace, just finally starting to catch up. And there have been more gluten-free beers that have been brewed internationally, I think, you know, than we really even had in the U.S. And, you know, turning to you, Craig, as, you know, an importer of beers for Merchant Duvin, I mean, how did you all or, or when, you know, even did you first get interested in importing a gluten-free beer to the United States? How did you make the decision that that was a good move and and pick your brewery? Well, we have been importing beer since 1978, uh, beer with gluten. Mm-hmm. Uh, we began to hear talk about celiac disease and about gluten-free products. I suppose uh, we began to pay careful attention in 2002 or 2003. Uh, we didn't meet the founder of Greens until 2006, but uh, he's he's great, and the brewery that produces these beers, called De Proof in Belgium, is widely respected. And we tasted them back then around 2005 or 6 and we thought they were fantastic. Uh they had been sold at that time already in Europe and in England since 2004. Uh the process of getting them here was some somewhat complex because uh the beverage alcohol industry is closely regulated in the United States. Uh we had um an interesting uh scenario with labels. We uh we went to the tax and trade board the, the U.S. government agency, uh, part of BATF, that, that approves all beer labels in the U.S., and it said you couldn't put the words gluten-free on a label. Well, we read that and we thought, wow, that's going to be tough. Uh, why don't we put it on a label and ask for approval anyway, and then once they deny it, we'll take it off. So we did that, and they denied the labels. Uh, something about um, they didn't have a standard for what gluten-free was, and nor could you make a health claim on a beer label. Beer isn't really legally; it's not considered food. So we uh, we printed up labels that just said "Greens uh, contains no wheat, 
contains no barley. And uh, you and I have talked about this in the past. We get consumers that would call us and they say, you know, my store, my local store says these are gluten free, but it doesn't say gluten free on the label. And mm-hmm. and I would tell them, well, we can't put that on the label by law. And I, I sounded even to myself, I sounded like I was lying. <laughs> right, right. Um, that changed in in 2008 when um, when the TTB realized that really these weren't beers uh, according to their definition definition, which is a fermented malt product. Uh, greens have no no malt in them. They're made from um, non malt ingredients. They're they're made from uh, millet, buckwheat, rice, and sorghum. Buckwheat is also soba, no relation to wheat. Mm-hmm. Um, they said, we're not in charge of labels. They're not beer. So the FDA took over. And at that time, in 2008, we were able to put gluten-free on the label. And things got a little easier then. Yeah, uh, it was interesting. Or, I don't know if, if you heard um, the interview that I had with the Estrella Dom Brewery two weeks ago. But they actually had the reverse scenario happen for them because they came in you know, as if they were a beer like greens that did not have – um, a malted barley ingredient, they came in and were able to put gluten-free on the label because of that. And then TTP realized, wait, this does qualify as beer. And so it went back, and now they have to take the gluten-free off of their label. And right. it's it's really an interesting you know dichotomy of experiences between the two, and, and I'm sure it puts you in a in an easier marketing position now, being able to say, you know, with confidence and on the label that, your beer that you're importing is gluten-free. It has helped immensely. Uh, consumers are glad to see it. Um, you know, it's it's a life and health issue for celiac, and uh, mm-hmm. it's been vital to yeah. have them in the labels. And, and we I'd don't like have a lot of resources out. to reach people. Right, right, exactly. And I just wanted to mention because, um, you know, we were talking about, you know, Greens, and this is this Belgian brewery. Derek Green, who is the founder of Greens, I had the privilege of meeting him, I guess it's three years ago now in Chicago, when he came out for um, an event that I was doing out there. Um, and he also has celiac disease. And his his experience is very similar to yours, Pedro, because he, you know, said, you know, these are the things that I'm missing in my life. You know, you said beer and pizza. I don't I don't know exactly what his things were, but beer was definitely one of them. And he went and looked for a brewery um, that could suit his needs and his tastes and actually came up with, you know, the beers that we now have out of Belgium. You know, so it's funny because, you know, you guys came from – very, very similar backgrounds looking for this product to suit your own needs that also then fills a void for so many of us um, fellow celiacs and people who cannot have gluten. So for that, I thank you, Pedro, and also Derek Green um, as well. Absolutely. I think that that's the the story really with a lot of innovation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, it's that way with mine, you know. I wanted I wanted to make um, you know my favorite recipes again, so I just figured out how to do it, and it just so happened that you know that benefits a lot of other people too to be able to do that, and I think it's a lot of the same things with the beer. You know, there's so many comfort foods, and and beer. I would you know I know it's not a food, um, as you pointed out, Craig, but. I, I, I categorize beer like that. I mean, people say, you know, what are the things that I miss when you go gluten-free? Well, they're things that are part and parcel of your social life, which is 
food, and then can for so many people be beer because you sit down to watch a football game or whatever, and what do you do? You drink a beer, you know, and not being able to have those options really makes you feel like you're being deprived and makes it harder to maintain a gluten-free lifestyle. So I'm thrilled we have options. I definitely think uh, beer is food. It's part of a healthy table, but legally uh, it's, uh, labels are um, are administered by a different different government branch. Yeah, and um, you know, as we all know, lawyers can get in the way sometimes of um, <laughs> what they what things are, you know really are and what things really mean. But um, I, I want to return to something you said a minute ago, mentioning the ingredients. Um, Craig, of the greens beers, I believe you said millet, sorghum, buckwheat, which is a relative of rhubarb, it's not wheat, rice, hops, water, and yeast. Those are fairly, um, I mean, you know, you look at some other beers that are brewed um, that are gluten-free, you know, not talking about the deglutenized categories. Those are some, you know, fairly standard beer ingredients now that we have for gluten-free beers. But I think a lot of people are concerned that, they think hops, you know, which are critical to beer, um, is actually a gluten-containing grain. And I, I did actually see a story, Pedro, on your website about that, about hops being a flour, but also being critical to really getting a good-tasting beer. And I didn't know if you wanted to address that. Did people really question, you know, did people say, well, wait a minute, you know, do the hops actually have gluten in them? Because I, I've heard that before. People are concerned. Do you want me to address that, Jules? Yeah, if you or, would, because I, I did notice that on the website that you had addressed it there, and I thought that yeah. was great. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, from time to time, folks that don't know a lot about beer necessarily, they, you know, they enjoy beer, but they just don't know how beer is made. They they think of hops as some sort of grain. Actually, hops is not a grain. Uh, hops is a is a vine, and is uh, is a vine that has been used for for basically thousands of years. But as far as we know, for at least since uh, since since England started making beer, um, to uh, actually uh, bitter the beer and to preserve it. So that's why, for example, a style like India Pale Ale, which is very bitter, uh, was a was a was style beer in England that that was made in order to ship over to India. Uh, and that it would uh, it would basically hold in the in the in the ships and and then so it was very very bitter uh, and it preserves uh, mm. beer very well it increases shelf life so uh, yeah so hops is, is just beautiful vines and there's so many different kinds of hops there are obviously hops made in in every country and um, and the different kinds of hops uh, is what adds a lot of character to beer so for example our pale ale. Um, has um, a, a sterling, which is a, a type of hops. It has cascades and it has centennial, and it, it, that's what it builds up uh, a really nice sort of um, uh, a spicy um, uh, uh, and aromatic kind of um, component to the beer. Oh, Let me add really to that, if I could. Um, mm-hmm. Barley malt and wheat malt, as well as millet, buckwheat sorghum, they have sort of deep, rich flavors, almost toward the sweet side. And mm-hmm. the bitterness, the high note of a hop, is is the perfect classic balance to grain flavors and cereal flavors in beer. And uh, just about all beers have hops in them. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, you know, I think something that Pedro mentioned earlier, talking about bringing in ales and, and said that there were already lagers here in the United States, you know, 
I know what I like, but I couldn't tell you, you know, this is a this is a this and such type of lager or this and such type of ale. And you mentioned the India, you know, pale ales and the Belgian ales that are the greens beers versus what um, what New Planet is doing with ales here in the United States. And I guess does that come in large part? I mean, when you're looking at the ingredients, they are relatively similar. Does that come from different types of hops or different brewing practices? It- Ale and lager are two different kinds of yeast. Mm-hmm. Ale, okay. ale yeasts ferment rather quickly at at room temperature, human room temperature, and and any ale will have a fruity component, a, a fermentation flavor. Maybe it'll remind you of fresh baked bread. Belgian ales, like greens, have a, a almost a spiciness from the Belgian yeast. Uh, English ales, a lot of American ales have a fruitiness to them. Uh, they can be light or dark, weak or strong. Uh, lagers, it's a different yeast that ferments at cool temperatures very slowly, and lagers tend to not really have fermentation flavors. They tend to be clean. Hmm. So um, greens are um, greens are ales. They're they're actually bottle conditioned with live brewer's yeast, meaning that the bubbles, the carbonation, uh, comes from the activity of the yeast in the bottle that it's sold in, and um, it's it's a traditional way to. Uh, to put carbonation into a beer, and uh, it, the flavors, the the real Belgian character of greens, is from that Belgian ale yeast that's used. Okay, and Pedro, how how does that differ with what you the ingredients you're using or the style of beer that you're making? Right. So what we what we um, um, uh, Craig was mentioning that they're using a Belgium style yeast. So what we decided to do was to to use different kinds of yeast that are not Belgium style, since um, uh, we wanted to really complement the category with with um, with different uh, styles of beer that you know weren't currently represented in the marketplace. So we went with with yeasts that are more um, uh, sort of American in palate. We were trying to make like a, a blonde ale and a raspberry ale and a pale ale for our three beers that that had more of a American kind of um, uh, taste. And so we use yeasts and uh, we use hop profiles that resemble what uh, brewers in the United States use for those kinds of beers. So it's really interesting that you ask those questions because it was really neat about uh, brewing is that really you can make so many differentiations uh, on a beer with a very similar recipe. For example, the different kind of water that you use, um, uh, the yeast that you use, the hops that you use, uh, even if you're using the same fermentables. So even if you're using the same sorghum and brown rice, for example, uh, in two different beers, you could come up with totally different flavor profiles by using different yeast and different hops and different water. Hmm. Wow, that's amazing that that, that could prevent i mean present such a, a different style even of of beer and and I guess Craig was saying that the Belgian yeast beers that are that are you know the greens beers are actually fermented in the bottles. Do you do the same thing or are you fermenting it in um in a larger process and then bottling well, I think he what he was saying is that they're bottle condition is that what you said Craig right. Right. Yeah. Uh no, we we um we don't boil condition. So what we're doing we're what we're actually doing is that one of the things that I found early on this is from my own personal experience and 
we had um, some test groups that we um, we gave beer to to test our, our different beers over a period of about I don't know seven or eight months. And what one of the things we wanted to find uh, find out was you know what are the some of the variables that we wanted to to sort of eliminate that could potentially cause problems for people. So we we use um, um, we use absolutely um, uh, not a sterile but almost a sterile filtering system. So we have absolutely no yeast in 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 the beer. Uh, so and that's because for some folks uh that are celiac or uh, allergic to wheat or just have been, you know, their digestive system has been compromised, yeast can kind of sort of uh, create a havoc. Uh, so what we've decided to do is that we just we're just eliminating it uh, from the bottle. So everything gets carbonated ahead of time and gets conditioned ahead of time in the bright tank. And once it goes into the bottle, it's it's pretty much done. So can you actually say that your beer is yeast free? Is it somehow filtered out of the final product? I think we will be able to say that within a year's time, but right now we wouldn't say that. Um, but we're using um, a one-micron filter. Just to give you a sense of comparison, most craft brewers in the United States that are doing um, your most popular uh, brews um, are using a 10-micron um, filter. In other words, there's plenty of yeast. And, and yeast, for someone that can actually take yeast, Yeast is a great, great uh, 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 profile builder and body builder to the beer. So there's, I, I don't want to send the wrong impression to uh, the listeners that there's something wrong with yeast because there isn't. Um, mm-hmm. It's just that in our personal, you know, my experience and my test, my test group experience, we just made a conscious decision not to do that. Um, and so we're a little bit different from most craft brewers in that sense that we're filtering our product uh, to, you know, just short of sterilization. Okay. And I noticed, um, you know, looking at, and I remember when the green spheres were first imported and you had that tag on them, Craig, because um, you couldn't say it was gluten-free. It said, you know, <laughs> green spheres don't contain any of the following, and it lists, you know, everything from gluten um, all the way through crustaceans and eggs. And, and basically the gist of it is that the greens beers are vegan, um, but they do contain the yeast. And uh, the listing is very, very long, and, and I would direct anyone with allergen concerns to go to the Merchant Duvin website to look up you know, the greens beers on there because they're very thorough. But um, are your beers, Pedro, considered ve- vegan as well? Um, I haven't been asked that question before. Um, I would say so. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, okay. no, that's a great question. Uh, and that's a good well, question. Well, you mentioned and, uh, that they were filtered, and and I, like in the wine business, a lot of filtration is done um, by fining them with egg whites, and so that's a concern. Oh no, for no, I see what you're saying. Have... No, no, absolutely <laughs> not. No, we're 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 definitely vegan. All, all you have all you have in our beers is it basically is the the water. Um, the uh, fermentable um, gluten-free grains that pretty much uh, uh, you know turn to, to alcohol. Um, the yeast has been filtered out. You have obviously the the, the taste of the um, of the of the the yeast that that created the beer, and you have the the taste of the hops. 
and all the elements. But no, there is no. Uh, we I can go on record right now, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to have our compliance person make sure that. Uh, we'll research it as to what the FDA guidelines are for that, and then we'll uh, be able to put something on the website about that because that's great. I, I hadn't realized that that could be an issue, but I'm starting to play around with being vegan myself um, mm-hmm. because I'm just trying to lower my cholesterol. And the doctor said, well, you know, you got to exercise more, uh, drink less beer, and uh, <laughs> you have to, uh, uh, you know, find a way to lower your cholesterol. And, and then I've been talking to a couple of friends of mine that, that tried uh, being vegan, and their cholesterol dropped significantly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm, 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 I'm there with you on that. Okay, when, well, yeah, uh, no, that's great. One common... And one common ingredient used to fine beers, egg whites used a lot, I understand, in winemaking. In beer making, some people use isinglass, which is a, a fish product. It fish comes, from, mm-hmm. comes from fish swim bladders. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, a beer fined with isinglass wouldn't be vegan. Um, greens is vegan. No no isinglass, no egg whites. It's a uh, vegan, vegan beer. Um, is it filtered, Craig? Is, are the green beers filtered? Do you know? It's not. It's packaged with live yeast. Uh, brewer's okay, yeast so that, is... Okay, that's we, the difference. I see. We feel it is uh, a key uh, flavor ingredient. The bottle conditioning provides um, provides carbonation that some tasters find to be a little bit more elegant. The bubble's a little finer. You know, I, I, I'm not making that claim, but some people do say that. And uh, it's it's a key contributor to flavor of Belgian ales. Most Belgian ales are bottle conditioned. In fact, greens, as you know, greens won the 2011 Foodie Awards as the mm-hmm. top gluten-free beer. That was the Discovery Amber. And in the World Beer Championships, uh, Green's Quest not only received a gold medal, but it was the top-rated gluten-free beer, and we're really proud of that. Kudos to the brewers. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, it, it seems to be that um, uh, it's not just the B vitamins in brewer's yeast. It's, it, it, it could be part of the flavor that makes, uh, makes people like Green's. Well, uh, I, I should mention something too. And, oh, go ahead. Well, I, I sh- we also have um, Samuel Smith's Organic Cider, which yeah, I, I wanted to just mention. Up, yeah. Naturally gluten free, and that that's that's even newer to our portfolio than greens, and people are loving that as well. Yeah, it's funny. I posted on Facebook and Twitter. You know, what are your favorite gluten free beers? And you know, just heads up to to both of you, you have many fans. Um, but <laughs> the um, the constant everywhere I posted it, people said, but don't forget about cider, the hard cider. <laughs> Um, it fits are, well with beer culture. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a similar ser- serving size and a similar strength, and cider glasses look like beer glasses. I think sometimes when a, a wine drinker is sitting at a table full of beer drinkers, you know, they they feel a little tiny, tiny bit out of place. But, a, you know, a glass of cider goes very well with beer culture, and it's naturally yeah, and, gluten-free. And I have to throw in the baker's plug because I um, – you know, some people say, I, you know, I don't drink beer, I don't drink cider, I don't like the taste, or I don't miss it, or whatever. That's fine, but don't overlook them as baking ingredients. And I have a fantastic recipe for gluten-free mm-hmm. apple cider cake with that Sam cake. Smith cider. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then I've also tried, um, actually, I tried some of the New Planet beers in beer bread, which they're wonderful. Um, not the raspberry. I tried the, um, I guess, the off the Grid, I think, was the one that, that I really liked in beer bread, which was fantastic. And then, um, of course, I have my famous um, Green's Double Dark chocolate beer cake that people just go crazy over. Yes, they do. 
because that double dark has chocolate notes, and I don't know how they do it, but it really, really does, and it just really complements that chocolate flavor of the cake. And so, you know, I I just tell people constantly, don't overlook, you know, these beers that we now have available to us, and the ciders too, that are gluten-free as really wonderful baking ingredients. They just add such a layer of flavor and real subtle notes to your baking, and the carbonation actually really helps, particularly in gluten-free baking, um, as a leavening agent, and really sort of perks them up and um, and helps them to be lighter. So it's um, it's definitely something that I encourage, and and I do beer tastings a lot when I'm teaching cooking classes because I think people should taste it and say, well, what what kind of foods does that remind you of? Because maybe you could use it in that. I use beer in my tempura recipes as well. It's a wonderful. Um, uh, recipes with using the beers. So I, you know, I would tell you both. <laughs> Keep on with the recipes because I love, I love um, <laughs> pushing people towards using them for, um, for, for recipes even in gluten free. And you mentioned, and yes, kudos for those um, World Beer Championships and the other awards that Greens has been raking in. But I see that you know New Planet is no slouch in the winning beer awards department either what the great american beer festival craft lager and small batch festival international beer competition you guys have have done really really nicely over there at new planet yeah no it's been great um uh, we've had um we've had a good run uh in 2010 and 2011 and uh we you know we we really can't uh complain uh we look forward to competing a lot more this year uh, i think that as uh as we grow we'll be able to participate in more competitions as you know competitions uh are expensive and um and we haven't had really the budget to to be able to compete but i think we will be able to have the budget this year that's great um and look forward to seeing what other types of metals you all can um bring in there with with the flavors that you have do you have other ideas for new brews that you have in mind? Are you going to stick with the three you have, or are you guys branching out anytime soon, stuff we could be looking forward to? Yeah, you know, I don't know about the timing, but uh, we're definitely working on some other recipes right now, and uh, we're, you know, we're very excited about what we're tasting uh, privately, but, um, you know, as you know, and and Craig knows, it's it's a big leap from Having a, a good beer um, uh, that that you enjoy to actually having it in the market properly being distributed. So, uh, but but we're still <laughs> True working. Words. Yeah, uh, we're still working hard, and and uh, we 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 get we get pushed all the time to do uh, you know stouts and porters and um, uh, you know different kinds of uh, styles of beer. Um, that are you know fit the American palate that uh, that are very popular in the craft industry. So we're exploring with all of them, and uh, and we'll we'll see we'll see what uh, what we're going to do this year or next year. But I'll be I'll be uh, keeping you informed, Jules. Great, I look forward to it very much. And um, Craig, I you know right now currently the portfolio that you have with Greens is an amber, a blonde, and a dark. But in Europe. You know, Mr. Green has a lot more offerings over there. Are you planning on bringing any of those over, or are we going to stay put with the three great ones that you have? Oh, oh I hope so. Um, one of the reasons for that is that um, it's a little easier to sell beer in Europe than in the United States. Uh, we have to go through a number of approval processes, excise tax, state registration, 
it, it's it's a lot more complex than just uh, shipping a few cases over. So uh, we we tasted carefully before we we brought these three. And uh, you know who knows? Stay tuned. Uh, you know you know if you uh, follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook, you'll hear it first there. <laughs> well, and I would I'd just like to go on record. I'll volunteer to go over to Belgium and taste all of the beers and help you decide what other ones to bring over. How about that? Noted. Uh, <laughs> so noted, Jules. Thank you. Okay, great. I just want, I don't want there to be any confusion about my willingness to help in that department. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, and you know something you said a minute ago, Pedro. I think is is um, what I have heard again and again and again from people, um, and I, I really would love to hear from both of you on this. Which is, okay, I know you're frustrated that it's hard to get your beers distributed in all the different places that you want to get them. What does a consumer do? Hearing this show, reading about these wonderful um, you know beers that are out there that they can't get a hold of, you know they're stuck with one or maybe even none, and you know how does a consumer get their local stores to start carrying um, your products and I guess let's start with you, Pedro, because I think you know you all deal with it slightly from a different angle than even with the import um, you know issues that Craig had alluded to right um well the I would say the first thing is go to our website, newplanetbeer.com. That's uh, three words, newplanetbeer.com altogether, and go to a beer locator and first find out if if, if you're in one of those 29 states that we're currently um, distributing beer in. Uh, that's number one. Um, number two is that uh, the, we do have an online um, uh, service. Uh, I, I don't know if that person's specific state will be covered, but at least they can check and see if the online service uh, has uh, the ability to ship beer into that state. And as Craig was saying earlier, a lot has to do with just the regulations of each state. Some states allow um, the uh, the sale um, of beer online, and so you can at least taste the beer. Um, and the good news is that uh, by the end of this year, we'll be in 40 states. Uh, so, you know, we'll be in a lot of states this year. Um, so maybe a neighboring state would have the beer. Um, unfortunately, we cannot ship beer from here directly because of the loss of the United States. Are very uh, There's a three-tier system. You can either be a manufacturer, a distributor, or a retailer, but you can't be all three. And, uh, and, and the product has to be purchased by the consumer from the retailer. So they've created a lot of checks and balances in the system. And so because of that, folks are just going to have to uh, uh, buy it from a, a licensed retailer. Um, in addition to that, if, you, if you're in a state uh, that has distribution but there is no uh, distribution near your neighborhood, I, you know, I can tell you that the best thing you can do is go to that neighborhood liquor store and, and ask for the product. Uh, they... Uh, Really listen to their customers. Uh, I, I, you know, I've been on, I, on the, like I said, on the street selling myself, and the people do uh, care, uh, and they want to take care of their customers. So if you go to a retailer, whether it's a, a liquor store or um, a, a supermarket or a, a restaurant or a bar, they will they will bring the beer that's available. Okay, and Craig, do you have anything to add to that? I know you all have a search function on your website as well. We do. Um, when when you and I met, Jules, we didn't have it, but uh, our website, which is Merchant Duvin, uh, the word merchant, then the French word D-U, then V-I-N, MerchantDuvin.com, you can go there, click Find Our Beer, put your zip code in, pull down greens, and uh, a list of retailers starting with the one closest to your home will pop up. We're all across the United States 
except I think there is a southern state that uh, the alcohol cap, you know, I think Mississippi doesn't allow our beers because uh, they're too strong, and Mississippi has an alcohol cap. But 49 other states and most Canadian provinces as well, you can just put in your zip code and uh, find the closest place to uh, to get to get greens. Um, I would what Pedro was saying about uh, if you if you walk into your local store, if a consumer walks into a local store and says, I would like you to carry this beer, that is much more important to the uh, operator of that store than, you know, there's a steady stream of brewery reps going in there and saying, hey, please stock this beer, and then right behind is another rep, please stock this beer, and they get that all the time, and and uh, they, a little less frequently, they get a consumer that goes in there and says, uh, uh, please bring this beer in. There's a little town in Washington State called Squim, S-E-Q-U-I-M. It's 100 miles, 120 miles from here. And uh, I met a a nice celiac at a a gluten-free event. She loved the beer. She said, I want this in Squim. I want this in Squim. And we let our wholesaler know. And he said, oh, okay, another another beer to add to the portfolio. But she went to her little store there and demanded it. And the store went to the wholesaler. And it took a, it took a little while, but sure enough, pretty soon, that store stocked greens and to this day still sells it uh, due to one consumer um, being engaged enough and really helping us out. Really, it's... It's uh, a huge benefit to other folks that want to drink it and to us as well. Yeah, and I mean, that same principle holds true with with all products. If there is a beer that you taste that you want, if you tell your store, they will order it. If there is, you know, a certain kind of cracker that you've tasted and your store doesn't carry it, if they hear from the consumer, then they are much more likely to do that. And I think, you know, we as consumers, especially you know, once you go gluten-free, we have choices and it's great, but we don't have as many choices as as a non-gluten-free consumer does. And we're used to the choices just being what's on the shelf. And I don't think people realize the power that they have as a consumer to control what is on the shelf. And if you just simply go and educate your local, um, you know, beer, wine, liquor distributor there, wherever they're getting, ABC store, grocery store, whatever, in in your area that carries beer, if you educate them, maybe they've never even heard of it, or maybe they're like, oh, it's just like another one. You say, no, I had it, and it's wonderful. It tastes like this and this. Then, you know, if they think you're going to buy it, they're going to order it. So I always encourage people to try that route as well. But first of all, start on the websites because there might be someone uh, somewhere near you that already carries the products. And you can go and get them from there. But I want to thank you both so much for taking time out of your busy evenings to join me tonight and to um, you know tell us a little bit more about your products and about why you're in it and um, you know how people can get the products and you know what I guess I I got a little education on on yeast tonight, which is kind of neat. So this is this has been really insightful for me, and I'm sure it's been really really helpful for a lot of gluten free consumers out there to hear about other options and how to help get those options near them. So thank you, Craig and Pedro. Thank you both very, very much for your time and for joining me tonight. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great. Well, take care and um, cheers. 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 Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.